step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. It's time for the High Altitude Mentorship Show with J.T. DeVolt. J.T. is an international success coach, inspirational speaker, and award-winning author of Flight Plan to Success. J.T. worked his way up through the ranks from enlisted aircraft mechanic to combat-decorated naval aviator. And he's here to give you the success strategies for better focus, clarity, and mental toughness to accomplish your missions in business and life. And now, here's your host, J.T. Hello, my friends. JT DeBolts with you today for the High Altitude Mentorship Show. Great to be with you on a Wednesday. I say good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, whatever time it is for you, no matter where you might be tuning in from on the Big Blue Marble. Thank you for joining me here for the High Altitude Mentorship Show, where we come together and talk about leadership, entrepreneurship, and living the high-performance, high-altitude life. And as always, the High Altitude Mentorship Show is brought to you by flywithjt.com. That is flywithjt.com, where for at least a limited time remaining, you can still download a complimentary copy of my award-winning book, Flight Plan to Success. But you can always stay connected to everything that's going on in the high-altitude community. Lots of cool stuff coming down the road, things that only our community members get access to when you're a part of it. So get yourself over to flywithjt.com, join the squadron, stay connected to everything we're doing. I thought we'd talk a little bit about the pink elephant in the room. It's that thing that all high performers have to deal with. doesn't matter what your expertise is. doesn't matter what you're going after. We all have to deal with, at some point, an element of fear. And what's interesting about fear is it's, I believe, one of the most misunderstood things, misunderstood aspects of achievement. In this month's edition of Mach 1 Mastery, which is my monthly mentorship program that I do, and uh, each month inside Mach 1 Mastery, our members get four audios delivered straight to their email inbox. They get a video message from me. And then they get, uh, you know, usually some exercises that they do, uh, uh, a little bit of a, you know, a debrief sheet that they can go through to help them really use the, the knowledge that they get from the program and put it into action. This month, we are talking about failure. And it's very interesting because there are a lot of similarities between failure and fear. In fact, one aspect of fear is, of course, the fear of failure. One of the biggest fears people have is that fear of failure. And it's crazy to think, but it actually hits a lot of high performers. You would think, oh, well, a high performer, somebody who's you know, at the top of their game in business and sports and music, art, literature, academics, whatever it is, you would think people at that level would have some sort of conquer over fear that it doesn't exist. But the simple reality is this, that fear is part of life. It's part of life, doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter what, unless you're not living, unless you have strapped yourself to the, to the couch of your house, you are going to interface with fear at some point. In fact, it doesn't matter. You could, you could be in a rock. You could be in a box. You could be 
you know, you could be completely detached from life and there you will still have some sort of interface with fear. It'll come up for you at some point. But here's the misunderstanding part, misunderstood part about fear. Just like I was talking about with failure, failure is completely misunderstood, which is why we're training it in Mach 1 Mastery this month. For this episode of the High Altitude Mentorship Show, I want to talk about fear and the misunderstood nature of fear. Because believe it or not, fear is healthy. you got to have fear. Fear will actually push you to better performance. Fear is important. We have to have fear. Fear, on some level, keeps us alive. It makes us feel alive. Have you ever done something that was that felt exhilarating? You know, perhaps you did something that you just totally took you outside your comfort zone, and you had that rush. It could be an endorphin rush, could be an adrenaline rush that you felt as a result of doing that thing that took you outside of your comfort zone. Well, part of that was the spice of fear. There was a little bit of sprinkling of fear inside that recipe. That's why you had that feeling that came out of, of doing that act that brought that exhilaration. Fear is super important, and if it's used properly, it could be a performance enhancer. It can actually help you stay focused. It can help you execute better, make you stronger, faster. It could do a lot of things for you regardless of whatever the activity is. We need fear. we got to stop vilifying fear. But here's the, here's the reality about fear. It gets kind of a crappy rap. It's either given too much, too much power where people sort of become fearful. They allow themselves to step back from their dreams. They allow themselves to step back from their mission. They allow themselves to get walked on by other people. They allow themselves to settle for mediocrity in their careers, their finances, their relationships. A lot of people stay stuck in shitty relationships because of fear. They refuse to step outside that comfort box, that comfort zone. They're fearful that if they step away, they're going to lose something, sometimes even their own life. Hard to believe. But on the other side of that coin, sometimes it gets too much glamorization. Fear gets this glamorization where you start having, especially macho dudes like to talk about being fearless. I got to tell you right now, my experience in combat operations as a naval aviator, both on the ground in Iraq and over the skies of Afghanistan, you do not want fearless people around you. Fearless people get people killed. They typically do really dumb things because they're driven by ego. They're driven by, you know, wanting to be acknowledged, wanting to be propped up, wanting to be, you know, wanting to be the person that wins the, wins the medal or wins the ribbon or wins the award. So it's very dangerous to have fearless people around you. Both are dangerous, but if you think about it in terms of a healthy relationship then suddenly fear can work for you. I'm going to talk to you today about really a four-step process to striking down fear. And this is based on my experience as a naval aviator. I had an interesting interview many years ago. I was interviewed for, for a uh, podcast. And the gentleman interviewing me said, you know, it's amazing to me that you flew combat operations. You must have been scared to death. And I said, well, let me put things into perspective for you first and foremost. The missions I flew were surveillance and reconnaissance. We weren't dropping bombs. We weren't doing close air support. We weren't shooting airplanes down. We weren't doing anything like that. We were the eye in the sky for the SEALs and the Delta Force guys on the ground. But what's challenging about our particular situation was we were always inside what they call the threat envelope, meaning we could have gotten shot shot down at any given time because we couldn't fly high enough above uh, some of the shoulder launch and some of the air to, or surface-to-ground type uh, artillery that they had. And so we were always in the threat, always in the threat zone, always in the threat envelope. 
more even threatening than people shooting us down was colliding with other aircraft. There was so much air, uh, you know, air traffic in the areas that we were working that, uh, you know, that there was a very real threat. In fact, we had a couple of seriously close, close calls of colliding with other aircraft. That was probably the single biggest threat that we had to our, to our safety, if you will, when we flew those missions over Afghanistan. So the gentleman said, you know, how is it that you can, you can get geared up for that every single night? How did you not allow your fear to hold you back? And again, his question was coming from a place of, of giving it way too much power, giving fear way too much power. So I, I told him, the reason why you can conquer that or move through it, strike it down so it doesn't strike you down, is through preparation. That's it. If you want to get past fear... And if more importantly, you want to utilize fear as a lever and you gain the leverage over it, there's a couple of things you have to do in order to be prepared. So we're going to talk about this four-part process, and I want you to think about preparation. Now, this is as much of a mental or emotional preparation as it is a physical preparation. So it doesn't matter what it is, whether you're starting a business, launching something brand new, uh, whether you have just started to date somebody and you're ready to kind of open up to them and, and take that relationship you know, to the next level. Whether you're raising kids and you've got that intense fear inside of you, there's a lot of things in life that this four-step process can serve. So I want to share this with you today, and I want you to understand this is based on how we as naval aviators prepared for our missions. didn't matter whether it was a combat mission or a training mission. didn't matter whether we were flying over Afghanistan or we were flying over, you know, Albuquerque. The idea here is that you can get yourself in a place where you are prepared enough to execute the really important missions in your business, your career, and your life by doing these four steps. The first step is the planning phase. Now, what's interesting about this is, is that this one right here has a tendency to swing both ways on the pendulum. So people will either go underprepared and they feel the fear take them over. They feel, oh man, I've got myself in over my head. I feel like uh, I don't have all the information. When you fly by the seat of your pants, you're going to have that feeling. Now, listen, I appreciate when people fly by the seat of their pants because what they've done is basically said, I believe in myself enough to carry out the mission. I believe in myself to go to that sales call. I believe in myself enough to reach out to that person or whatever, whatever the mission is that they're there to accomplish. And so they don't spend a whole lot of time overanalyzing things. And again, this might be a personality trait more than anything. There's a lot of folks, myself included, who do the preparation and then they're ready to execute. But we can't jump straight into the execution phase. We have to have enough preparation because when we do the pre-flight planning, for instance, I'll give you an example of how aviators prepare for any kind of a mission, whether it's a combat mission or whether it's a, uh, just a regular training mission. The first thing you have to do as an aviator is to understand what the mission is so you can plan accordingly. How much fuel we're going to take, how much uh, ordnance or, or armament we need you know, for this particular type of flight. Uh, what's the crew makeup going to be? How many people are we taking with us? What type of specialists are going to be on board that aircraft for this particular mission? And again, if it's a training mission, it might just be a, a pilot and a training pilot, you know, an instructor pilot. It might be the flight engineer. It might just be a handful of folks, but the idea is that you have to have that plan in place. Now, in business and in life, it's the same thing. We have to take a look at the terrain. We have to look at the area that we're operating in, the marketplace that we're working with. We have to look at the people that we're working with and say, who are my strong players? What are their strengths? What are their uh, capabilities? What are the things that we can lean on them for in order for us to be the best team we can be? 
And what's very interesting about that question that you ask yourself is you start thinking about, okay, what is it that I need to execute this? What are the resources? Now, when I wrote my book, Flight Plan to Success, I talked about the four categories of resources you need to accomplish anything, time, money, assets, and people. And very often, people get kind of wrapped around the axle when they start talking about time and money because those are the two things they wish they had more of or those are the two things that seem to become their limiting factors. And this is all mindset, by the way. Mostly it's a mindset issue to think if your time or your money is limited, that that's what's going to hold you back from executing your mission. As aviators, we couldn't think in terms of that. We had to think about what is it we need. We'd start to move forward with planning the mission accordingly. How much fuel we're going to take? What is the armament? What are the, what's the ordnance load? What are the people we need to take with us? What are all the you know, uh, diverge, divert fields that we might have in case we lose an engine? Where do we land? What if the weather is so bad that we can't get in to the airport that we took off from or to our destination? Always had to be thinking about these things, making sure that we were constantly on top of our resources and making sure that we gave ourselves excellent options in the event that something didn't go right. Now, I talk about this a lot. Contingency planning is what you have to have to be successful, not just in the aviation world, but in the business world and in life. So often we don't think about contingency plans. We just think, hey, I'm just going to fly by the seat of my pants. I'm going to hope for the best, and you know, God will and everything will work itself out. But <laughs> that's the strategy of fools. That's actually not a strategy at all. It's just sort of flying by the seat of your pants and hoping everything works out. So the planning phase is extremely important. It gives you a chance to sort of forward look, to see into the future. And you'll find that some of the best executors in the world, some of the top leaders in any kind of industry, doesn't matter what, what industry it is, are people that have the long view. They can see into the future enough because they've done the planning. Now they don't have all the answers. They realize all the I's aren't dotted and all the T's aren't crossed. But they recognize that they don't have to have that in place. It doesn't have to be about perfection. It has to be about enough to give us certainty to move forward. Now, the next phase is the brief. We brief our flight. You have what they call a weather brief. And what this is, is you've got the meteorologists, the weather ex experts that will tell you what to expect in your route of flight, both from where you're starting, so the, the, uh, the, the weather over the airport that you're flying from, the weather en route to your target or to your destination, and then, of course, the weather in the area that you're going to be operating. That right there gives you a leg up. It allows you as an aviator to not have to worry about, hey, are there going to be thunderstorms? Is there going to be icing? Is there going to be wind shear when we come back to land? Because you already have that stuff thought out. And if those threats exist, it allows you to do the pre-flight planning before you take off, as opposed to being taken by surprise, blindsided by something that you didn't see coming. So we'd, had the, we'd have the weather brief. Then we would go in and we would do the crew brief where we would brief the mission. This is what we're going to do. This is when we're going to take off. This is how much fuel we're going to take. Here's the armament we're going to have on board. Uh, here's the maneuvers that we're going to execute on this flight. This is when we're going to return home. This is our route of flight, and this is how we're going to get there. So you do the crew brief. And depending on the amount of people you had with you, depending on the type of the mission, that brief could sometimes be very brief or it might be a lot more intricate and detailed. For some of the combat missions, you also had an intel brief. You'd have you know, the intel officer come in and tell you about the target, tell you about the threats, tell you about everything that was going on in the, in the environment that you were going to be operating in. So there's a lot of information that the aviators, the pilot, the crew has before they take off. And in business and life, you have to have that brief as well. You sit down with your advisors, you sit down with your mentors, your coaches, whomever it is, and you walk through and talk through 
the situation that you're in. You talk through what you're about to do, your launch, your your website design, your your you know everything that you're that you're executing on in your business, your life, whatever it is. It's very important to talk things through with people that have been down that path before, or your team that you're going to be executing with. When you have that communication as a leader, you're articulating your vision for what you want to do, what you want to achieve for the organization and, and personally. You're bringing people into it so they understand it, so they buy into it, so they feel like they have some ownership in it. And then, and only then, can you actually execute at the same level that you had planned. You start to see that you, okay, this is how we're going to get past this. Now, you may be asking yourself, what does this have to do with fear? How does this conquer fear? Well, the first part, when you do the planning phase, you start to realize this may not be as bad as we think it is. It feels like a 10,000-pound behemoth. And now all of a sudden we've narrowed it down to just being a couple of thousand pounds. When you do the briefing part where you actually talk through it, you get the information, you get as much intel as you can from people, then suddenly what begins to realize, you begin to realize is, hey, we're more capable than we initially thought. Now we're armed with information. It's our opportunity now to take that information, put it into our brains like knowledge, and execute with it and turn it into wisdom. So that brings us to the third phase. The third phase is the execution phase. Now, in aviation, after you got your, you did all your flight plan, and you got the weather brief, and you got the intel brief, and you did the crew brief, and everybody's on the same page, everybody understands what they're going to do, you go out and pre-flight the aircraft. This part could almost be like planning, right? You're planning, you make sure the aircraft's in top condition, you make sure you have any kind of discrepancies that the aircraft might have, sometimes it's got an electrical problem or a fuel problem or whatever, so that you go into it knowing what you're working with. In business and life, you can have the same thing. You can do that sort of pre-flight brief. Each day you wake up and you check in on yourself mentally and emotionally. You do that little check-in and say, okay, where's my mindset? You know, am I feeling it? Did I get enough rest? Uh, am I feeling good? Uh, do I have some challenges? Do I have some limiting to beliefs? Do I have that fear that's starting to creep in in the back of my mind? And you do that little pre-flight brief first thing in the morning before you execute, and pretty soon you get to feel yourself out a little bit. Now, i got to be completely clear on this. This is extremely important, so I want you to pay close attention to me. When you do the pre-flight brief on yourself, where you do that check-in, that mental check-in, this is not about being in your head. It's more about being in your heart. But you do, you check in, you start thinking things out. But see, the problem is if we spend too much time in our heads, then that little voice, the one that wants to keep us safe, the one, the one that wants to keep us back, hold us back, that's the part that's going to prevent you from actually taking the action, from actually executing like a champion. So you've got to be super careful. It's one thing to check in. It's another thing to allow those voices in your head to override the desire to, to take action. All of a sudden, fear starts to take hold. It's like, ooh, it's paying attention. He or she is paying attention to me now. Now I can actually have an audience with this person, and your fear starts to tell you all the reasons why you can't, all the reasons why you shouldn't all the ways that it could go wrong or has gone wrong in the past, all the evidence to the contrary about why you should move forward. So be careful with the pre-flight part of your execution. This is just about making that one last walk around before you take the action. And then it's just about executing the flight plan. Now you've put the plan in place. You've thought through what you're going to do with this, you know, whatever the sales pitch is, the presentation you're doing, uh, even if it's asking somebody else on a, on a date, whatever your mission is that you're looking to execute, you've done the planning. Now it's about putting that, that plan into place and realizing that even if the plan falls apart in the first few minutes, 
you've thought through some of the contingencies. You've got that, that sense of control inside yourself where you're not going to allow yourself to let the anxiety and the fear overwhelm you. Instead, you're going to move with, with certainty and confidence in yourself, knowing that you can take those actions. You might get knocked on your butt. It's totally okay. You might find that it's harder than you had planned. It might take longer than you assumed. That's part of the deal, too. It may not go to plan, but that's a beautiful thing. A lot of times people confuse failure with a setback. They think, oh, man, it didn't work out. I'm a failure. This is exactly what we're talking about this month in Mockwell Mastery. And the thing that I have to tell you about this is that's false. That's a false feeling or a false assumption. The one, one mistake people make is if things don't work out, it must have been a failure. Actually, it's a beautiful gift because it shows you where the fallacy was in your planning so that next time you execute, you can, you can wipe that away. You can refine it out and have a better plan with better execution next time. But nothing happens if we don't take action. Nothing happens if we don't go out and play the game. Nothing happens if we don't get our jersey a little bit dirty. You might get knocked off course. That's okay. That's where you have to make that course correction. But the execution is important. And I have to tell you, the single most important antidote to fear is action. You take action, and the fear doesn't have any foothold. It blows it, blows it away because now all of a sudden there is nothing for fear to talk about. You showed up. You stepped into that fear. You used it as a lever. Remember this. If you've ever seen a play, especially not just a movie but a play where you're physically in the room and they use the same stage for different scenes and different setups, you'll see that they have those backdrops, right, so that they can change the scene from like a, I don't know, it could be like an urban setting, like a downtown setting into a, into a living room setting or an old west, you know, kind of out in, the, out in the frontier sort of setting or maybe even a moonscape. And what's crazy about that is they change the scenery by simply rolling those scenes on wheels. It's like a big wall, this big scene. Well, fear is the same thing. It's like one of those backdrops. It's just fear is just a wall on wheels. If you lean into fear, fear gives way to you. Now, sometimes it's a little more stubborn. Depending on how strong you push, depending on how much you believe in yourself, depending on how prepared you feel, depending on how much you lean on your training and your preparation, that fear will surrender to you. It will give way. But the single most important step to this whole four-step process is the execution. You have to take the fe- you have to take the step. You have to take the action. It's the single most courageous thing you can do because anybody can plan. We could spend the rest of our lives planning. We could do all the flight planning in the world. We could dot all the I's, cross all the T's. We could feel, and you do. You get that sense of accomplishment, right? You cross it off the list of things to do. Hey, we, we did our planning phase. You might even brief it. You might talk about what you're going to do. I hear this all the time. This is what I'm going to do. This is who I'm going to be. This is what I'm going to achieve. That's fantastic. But BS talks. I mean, there's BS, BS walks and action runs a marathon, right? You've got to go out there and execute on a daily basis. And when you take those actions, realize that there are going to be times where you make mistakes, you stumble, but you get back up, you dust yourself off. And then finally, the fourth phase is the debrief. Debrief is important because this is where we talk through what we learned, what worked, what didn't work so well. Where did the plan, where was the plan weak? Where, does, where was it strong? What did we miss when we briefed it, when we talked about how we were going to do it? What, what didn't we follow through on in the brief? Sometimes I've had, I've had mentors that helped me with uh, my sales, for instance, selling from stage as a speaker, which I used to do quite a bit of. 
I don't do that so much anymore, but I remember getting training from folks, and they're like, okay, here's how we do this, and we would walk through, we'd plan it out. Here's how we're going to execute. Then we'd brief, and then I'd go up on stage, I'd do my delivery, and then I'd come off stage, and I'd give them my results. Here's how I did. And we would talk through it, and the questions were, well, did you do this? Did you do that? What happened here? What could you have done better here? And through that debrief phase, that's where you really learn a lot. As an aviator, I can tell you, one of the most important things I ever got was that feedback from my crew. Didn't matter whether they were superior to me in rank or whether they, they, were, you know, they, they were a lower rank than me. It didn't matter. I was there to learn. And so one thing I prided myself on was, you know, you take the ego aside for just a moment. You take the, you take the rank off your shoulder long enough to learn, to get better, to improve, because that's all it is. It's about improvement every single day. These four steps to striking down fear are things that you can use in your business, your career, and your life. you got to plan. That level of preparation that goes into it gives you a great deal of confidence to move into taking action on your goals. Number two is you got to brief it, meaning talk it out. Talk to people who have been down that path. Talk to the people that can give you the advice and the, and the, and the encouragement. Talk to the people who have made the mistakes and learn from their lessons. Number three is to execute. you got to take the action, the best action you know to take. Take action with courage. Take action with passion. But take action with focus. Take action, period. And then finally is that debrief where you share what you learned. Talk about the lessons learned so that we can tweak the, the plan moving forward and take better action and execution next time. My friends, put these four steps into place, four steps to striking down fear, and you will become a higher performer. Your performance will go up. You'll get better results. But more importantly, you will start to execute with that courage. You'll start to execute with that confidence and get the results you're here to get. My friends, this show is a wrap. It's my privilege to come at you here on the High Altitude Mentorship Show each and every single Wednesday. Looking forward to doing it again next week. Get yourself over to flywithjt.com. Download a complimentary copy of Flight Plan to Success. And remember... No matter what course you fly in life, fly high, fly fast, and fly far. We'll see you next week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.